This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. An unlikely friendship begins in the Paramount Plus original movie, Little Wing, starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Reeling from her parents' divorce, Caitlin steals a valuable bird to save her home, but instead forms a bond with the owner, leading to a new outlook on life. Little Wing, now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Rated PG 13. Right, you're listening to Caldod, the voice of Wolverine from the X-Men the Animated Series, 92 to 97, soon to be X-Men 97 on Disney+. Plus. You're listening to Canned Air Podcast, bub. You better listen up, because I hate wasting my breath and my voice for fans who don't listen. These guys are the best. Listen up. everyone and welcome to another episode of Candare, your tribute to pop culture. I am Jeremy Colley. I'm Jack Doherty. And I am Randy Hardenbrook. And we've got an awesome episode for you guys this week. As you saw by the cover art, as you heard by the intro to the show, we welcome the guy who brought Wolverine to life. But not only Wolverine from the original X-Men and the upcoming Disney Plus 97, he was also, Jack, I don't know if you knew this, uh, a singing doozer in Jim Henson's uh, Fraggle Rock. Really? He was. <laughs> uh, Rip Rockefeller and Rescue Heroes. I'm not aware of that show. I think it's for uh, real little children. I'm not mm. sure. Yeah, but I don't know if my kids have been into that or not. Another one uh, that we didn't address during the conversation was Slappy the Dummy from uh, the Goosebumps series that was on oh, Fox shit. in the 90s. Remember that? <laughs> right. Yeah. Damn. But yeah, most famously known as Wolverine from the original uh, Fox X-Men cartoon. We welcome voice actor and singer Cal Dodd to the show. And damn, what a fun conversation we had with him. Definitely. Randy fangirling. (laughs) A little bit, but that's okay. (laughs) I mean, we're allowed to here and there, right? But, you know, we not only talk with him about uh, Wolverine, but talk to him about his uh, singing career, which is quite extensive. Uh, albums and the bands and the amazing people he's toured with. The, you know, a the, lot of people he yeah. just happened to yeah. be working with. Yeah. Not only him, though, his whole family, like their involvement in music. It's, it's incredible. So very excited for you guys to hear this episode. But before we cut over to it, don't forget to find us on Twitter at CandairPod and on Instagram at Canned underscore Air. And if you want to show some support, CandairPodcast.com, a merch tab, a Patreon tab. If it's t-shirts, mugs, stickers you want, that's that's what you're going to find on the merch. And if you just want extra content, uh, hours upon hours of extra content from Candare, Patreon's where you're going to find that. What am I forgetting, gentlemen? Check us out on evergreenpodcast.com. And uh, if you can't support us on Patreon, any little uh, like and review on your podcast player of choice always helps out. That it truly does. That it truly does. And big shout out to our uh, network that hosts us along with so many other amazing podcasts, the Evergreen Podcast Network. Uh, You can check them out at evergreenpodcasts.com. And is there anything else, gentlemen, before we kick it over? I don't want to wait any longer. Let's let's give it to them. (laughs) Our conversation with Cal Dodd. Cal, thank you so much for taking time to be here. I can't tell you what a thrill it is for all of us, and I'm sure the listeners, to have Wolverine on the show. Thanks so much for being here. 
Oh, my pleasure. I love I love doing these things. I don't mean to call them these things, but you know, your show and shows like it. I just I, I love doing it because the fans I would I would kill for a bub because they're just you just they're everything. I mean, it's just I love going to cons for that reason as I cannot get enough of them. They're just so so sincere and fantastic that I just you know. And I go with my wife. She sits with me and she just she, she I love it because the fans come up and say, first off, sir, I just want to say, and it's always sir. And we're from Canada. You don't say that here. Anyway, <laughs> they said, and I keep saying that to them. They said, okay, sir, I won't do, I won't do that. First off, I, would, I just need to thank you and want to thank you for making my childhood. And, or either that, yeah. and some of them, it goes as far as saying, thank you. I just have to thank you for saving my life. And, you know, and Donna, my wife's like, oh, I've had enough of this. this is just... <laughs> <laughs> oh, much. boy, I'll never hear that. I'll never, he'll never be, I, this thing is growing and growing. Yeah. <laughs> no, but Still, though, I, I would do these forever. I would do these uh, shows like yours forever. I, I mean, it's just fantastic. And I love the opportunity to be with you guys. Thank you, man. That means so much to hear. And uh, it's awesome to also hear how appreciative you are of uh, the fan base. Because, man, what a fan base X-Men oh. has. It's incredible. Oh, it is absolutely incredible. Yeah. Uh, it's, like I tell you, everyone, and I've done, uh, I'm going on hundreds of, of Comic-Cons. We started just about two years before COVID hit. And, of course, the last two years has been very, well, none in for, none for two years. Right. It was just uh, this, this kind of thing, maybe, but uh, um, very little of that even. Um, and then it's, it's slowly coming back now, to, which, you know, which we just love it. You know, it's, it's a right. chance to see all these places in the U.S. We've been, we've been to Wales. I've been to Dublin. Wow. You know, where I was born, Dublin, Ireland, and stuff, and it's just—it's insane. And you know what's really more insaner is—is <laughs> is that we have never ever done one in Canada. No really? kidding, really. All the voices, Wolverine, Beast, all of us are Canadian. No, not one have we done here. That and I just—I just, yeah, they just tried to book me for one. This is great for one in September in London, Ontario, where I went to school for three years. In London, Ontario, it's really like my brother lives there. And I couldn't because of you know I've got two other bookings, and one's in, uh, in and it's in Maine or something or um, Minnesota that same weekend. Like, <laughs> it's just stupid, but it's going to get crazy, and it's just starting now. We go to Chicago in about three weeks, which is is uh, huge yeah. apparently. So C two E two, right? Yes. Yeah. Exactly. I thought it was something from uh, a Star Wars. Sounds like it. <laughs> Sounds like a droid, doesn't yeah. it? I never thought about that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so I love the fans. I and I, I just can't say enough about them because they just they make they they make they're, re they're the reason we're here. Well, we love you too, man. It's, it's again incredible to talk to you, and I can't wait to uh, pick your brain about Wolverine a little bit here. But there's some other stuff I would like to touch on first, if it's all right with you. Um, mainly like your singing career and your beginnings. I had read online that uh, your mother, Maureen Dodd, was a music teacher at Port Dover Public Schools, and that your family contributed quite a bit musically to the Port Dover area. So I was curious if you could tell us about your family's involvement with music. And, uh, you know, how old were you when you started singing and kind of playing with your voice? I was three. Wow. I was singing probably as, as soon as I could open my mouth, but because my mother was an, an unbelievable voice, and my father as well, but not like mom's. Mom's was, like, exceptional. And she was a music teacher, vocal music teacher. And when we were growing up, she taught piano in the house as well because uh, dad was – there were problems with the with 
Oh, and gotcha. uh, there, were, there, were, there, there were five of us. And my youngest brother, Sean, was born blind and deaf, which cost so much money to because he couldn't eat anything but Gerber baby food. And, you know, oh, it man. was just it, God love him. And it was just uh, so we loved him to like a little angel that we had all of a sudden, this, this poor child. And um, so we started singing because they were from Ireland. We all came. Uh, Barry, Fiona and myself were born in Ireland. And Rory and Sean were born when we got to uh, Fort Dover because we came right from Dublin, Ireland to this 3,200 populated people wow. on Lake Erie, the largest freshwater lake fishing fleet on the planet at one point. And it's still the fishing tugs. It's just crazy driving right. into that joint. But mom was a uh, music teacher, didn't start teaching music until she sort of had to because of the problem. Uh, so because she had the rest, she had us to, to raise well, the two of them. And, they, it, you know, it didn't seem that bad to us, but it, then it did get worse the problem uh, with booze sure so um mom taught all of us from the age of whatever uh, two of us took to it immediately there was one girl fiona and four boys three boys sean of course but so and we sang and we sang as a family we would travel around this this cute irish family singing at liberal campaigns then go across the street to the conservative campaigns and just say the lyrics to these old Irish songs. <laughs> <laughs> it was hilarious. And um, it, it just it went on like that. Like, uh, that's all I wanted to do. And uh, watching Elvis Presley, I said, I'm going to do something like that. Like that, you know, that I just love singing. That's all we, that's all we did. At sitting at the table, you wouldn't just say pass the butter. It would be like, could I have the butter, please? And then someone found please, which I, there'd be three part harmony. And that kind of silly crap. And um, so, so I got sidetracked in that. I, uh, I went to a boarding school, a junior seminary for three years in London, Ontario. That didn't work out. Came back to my right, the high school in my hometown, finished that. And my father said, we can't afford to send you to university because I want to be a phys ed teacher and go to uh, uh, Michigan a, a school, Ann Arbor, to go to university. He, he said, what the hell do you think? What, 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 what do you think we have money growing out of our arse? <laughs> I said, well, no, I, I, no, but I haven't looked. Uh, he, he said, so that was the end of my phys ed thing. And he said, no, no, you'll be a chartered accountant. And you, so right at the age of 17, I went into a CA office from eight to five every day for three years wow. until my father died. My father died and it was a pink out of there so fast. I got a guitar player, went to Toronto, auditioned at CBC Radio. Uh, and that was that was it. They just went, who and where did you come from? Because I just wow. had a guitar player, and I sang like a bunch of four or five, six different tunes for them. They gave me, they made a record with me that they could use on their programming for a year. I told you this is going to be a long story. And then, I and then that immediately turned into doing a record with them, like three sides. Then I got to get strings and in a studio with some of the top players in Toronto whom I met, and they loved me, and they wondered, who are, like, where are you? I said, Port Dover. What are you? You don't know where that is? What a never, never travel? <laughs> well, yeah, but how many people there, Cal? Well, 3,250. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that, that, yeah, that's why we don't go there. <laughs> right. But it, beautiful, beautiful town. Beautiful and wonderful people. And in the summer, it ballooned from three grand, three grand people up to 15,000 because everyone had cottages there. And mm -hmm. that's what it was, all summer people. And that, hence that song, see you in September when I see you when the summer's through. You know, here we are, bye, baby, goodbye. Uh, meant a lot because you'd meet a girl in the summer and she'd have to go back in September 
right. and you know she she'd cry and she'd leave but she'd be back the next year <laughs> um, <laughs> singing so i started uh I, so my brother rory was in work black still back in port dover working in the beer store across from where we lived <laughs> this is this i could talk about him for an hour <laughs> and uh, uh, he, so I got this gig that they, some guy wrote. Uh, I did it, an album, first of all. They said, and CBC TV said, we, we want you to close off the, the first, 20th anniversary of the CBC with like Lauren Green was there and Robert Goulet and all the guys wow. who started with the CBC. And here I am, this kid from Port Dover, and I'm the last person you hear. And I'm singing a, uh, a BJ Thomas, uh, but Paul Williams wrote it. Isn't that it's called, it was called Isn't That What Friends Are For? Yeah, Isn't That What Friends Are For? And it was very cool. So it was the very first thing I ever did. And, you know, all of a sudden I did take 10 different TV shows, like a guest appearance of singing all the time. Right. And then got involved with this singing group, of, like a Raycon of singers sort of thing. And then went to Charlottetown because some guy wrote a rock opera of Hamlet based on my voice. So I played Hamlet. And I hired Rory, who's still in the beer store, <laughs> to, to play Horatio, who's Hamlet's best friend. And when they heard Rory sing, they went, Jesus, is there a factory in Dover with you guys? Like, what, <laughs> what's up with this? Because so Rory, Rory ends up like so. Long story, very short. And I, I know it's a little late for that. So we got uh, we we went to Charlottetown for a whole summer. Rory and I, his first experience doing anything. And I'm handling his thing. And he's he had to do two shows at the same time all through the summer. And then uh, New York picked it up. The New York. I was going to say the Yankees came down, and the New York <laughs> producers producers came to Charlottetown, saw the show, and say, "We want this." Took it to Broadway. I wasn't sure. Uh, they kept calling me, and I said, because I had joined a group that was replacing Three Dog Night in the states. Skip Prokop from a group called Lighthouse put it together. Three singers, myself and two other guys, and to replace Three Dog because they had just folded. And the, the guys in New York were like, "That was such a money making organization, Three Dog Night." So, you know, we did, I did two albums with them, but I'm in New York uh, recording that. And Rory is there in New York with the show that went to New York. And they now called it Rockabye Hamlet. And it, uh, they were all working on it. Rory, because Bev D'Angelo, who was in Charlottetown with us, and I was dating her when I was doing the album in New York. We wow. were like seeing each other because she, Beverly D'Angelo, was like in our production and she's in the show with Rory. And the other guy that was in the show that came on the show from New York, of course, was Meatloaf or Alan oh, Day. No. So Rory meets Meatloaf and the show on opening night, I was there with the band, a rock group, and I brought them to see the show. And there's reporters running after me <laughs> saying, this is the guy that should be up there seeing Hamlet instead of that uh, half-assed Tom Jones that's up there. <laughs> that's up there. <laughs> and the guys in the band are like, What? You know what? You know what have you been doing, Cal? Another story. So Rory, it closes opening night. This is the premieres that we were watching. The show premiere, like you know, before the show opens for real, uh, and on the people loved it. Uh, Liz Taylor and uh, they were all there and loved the show. Clive Barnes, opening night, just panned the show. He had a personal thing with the director of the show, so it opening night, boom, they're at Sardi's, three in the morning. Cliff Jones, the writer tells he's told the news that he just he's in tears and that was the end of that so rory goes with meatloaf and jim steinman and away they go they put meatloaf together and rory wow. was at the band forever but the background singer like uh we're gonna go all the way tonight tonight we're gonna go all the way tonight tonight we're gonna go all the way tonight we're gonna go with yeah rory uh the other guy's name god i forget i can't remember 
and Ellen Ellen Foley, I think, who uh, was the female singer. I'm like, stop right there before we go any further. Do you love me? You know, yeah, that yeah. yeah. <laughs> great, great records. And so Rory toured the world with that band, and then came back and um, did for that. From then on, was doing demos with Steinman. And uh, one night, Steinman, he was doing demos like forever, just for new stuff for different artists that Jim's writing including stuff for a new meatloaf album just doing the demos so meat can hear a singer sing it as opposed to scream it or yell it <laughs> so uh they rory's, he's, rory's about to leave and it's two in the morning they call rory ice because he's from canada and uh, jim steinman said hey ice can, can you mind singing this thing i'm doing this record with bonnie tyler can you just say something? And rory said jim it's two in the morning he said it'll only take you 20 minutes he said okay what is it he said it's just this thing i'm writing for bonnie tyler so he does it, and he's finished in like 25 minutes. And uh, he ends up on the Grammys with uh, Bonnie T Tyler, and he's up at the top, and it's about 50 steps up, and they open on him because he's the first line you hear in the song is, turn around every oh, now and then. Shit. I get a little, turn around, totally right, right eyes. Every that's my little brother. I fall apart. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah, so that's, yeah, totally tips of the heart. So, and, you know, he's, that's what he did, and he did Uptown Girl with Billy Joel. No uh, kidding. All the backgrounds. All the backgrounds. Oh, mm -hmm, da, da, yeah. da, Uptown. Yeah. And James Taylor albums. And he just he was doing everything, backgrounds and stuff, because he had such a unique voice and very, very high right. um, tenor. And I was doing – I just stayed in, in uh, uh, Toronto and did commercials, which I love. Jingles, worked to the top jingle singer in this country – singing everything, bras, beer, fine all over the place to sing and stuff uh, for be, uh, anything uh, and loved it. Um, I got a TV show then for five years, which was a circus TV show with Leslie Nielsen. Leslie Nielsen did the pilot with us. And um, there was my girl, Sharice Lawrence, myself. It was exactly, it was a, a mimic of Donnie and Marie Osmond. I was Donnie. She was Marie. And we looked, it, it was amazing. Like it was like the looks were, but that's what they did. Yeah. Donnie Marie had had a show. We met Donnie Marie when we went to LA to sell the Vegas, to sell the show on Viacom. Cerise and I went there and stood there like mannequins with this outfit on <laughs> with a, like a circus outfit, like, a, you know, with the red jacket, white tight pants and the boots up to there and stuff. But it was, it was, it was full of music. We had six dancers. It was a great show. It was syndicated worldwide on Viacom. And um, that went on for five years, like I said, and then back to doing commercials and uh, I got a couple of other TV shows. No more theater, though. And walked into the studio, went doing a commercial and in 1992. Then the girl said, Cal, would you like to audition for this thing? I said, what is it? <laughs> she said, it's a voice voice thing. And I hadn't done a voice. Voice. Right. I'd done one. I had done one. Uh, TV voiceover commercial for Chrysler that lasted for a year and a half to, to two years. And it was, I couldn't believe the amount of money that voiceover people were making as compared to singers. Singer Singers never got paid more than scale, ever. Except when I would do, if they wanted a, a Tom Waits, which I did once, and Tom, Mr. Waits was on the phone about two weeks after it was oh, released. wow. <laughs> yeah, take take that off, off the air. You can't do it. I don't want my voice of people sounding like me. Which, you know, that's fine. And then that's wonderful that he's like that. But, uh, you know, for Molson Canadian, that commercial was like for a beer and stuff that I did his voice. They had and, to cut uh, your my, voice up, too. I mean, that's yeah. a gravelly oh, voice. Oh, oh, yeah, but I, uh, I, I do him like that. Yeah. Uh, and Michael McDonald, the same. But Wade's is like, 
What becomes of all the little boys who never comb the hair? They line up all around, block on the nickel all the day. That that kind of oh stuff. God. Of course, he didn't want that. Uh, and uh, so, so I got maybe maybe scale and a half to do that kind of a voice. But other than that, singers got scale. This gig for Chrysler was double automatically, if not two and a half. And it was just stupid money for a year and a half to two years. And then they, that's the only voiceover I'd done. So this, uh, the guy, the girl, Karen Gura, who is casting for X-Men, said, would you like to try an audition for this thing? I said, what is it? He said, it's, a, it's, it's called Project X. Mm, <laughs> I wonder what that could have been. Is it dirty? I know. <laughs> yeah. I got, bit, got, got bit by a dog, too. <laughs> and uh, Project X, she said, but she had to tell me because it was, it's a, a thing about X-Men. I said, who, who? She said, the X-Men. I said, well, okay, whoever they are. And she said, uh, so just go, they'll show you. They've got stuff and you, they're auditioning for the voice of Wolverine. And I said, Wolverine? <laughs> and this is a true story. So I get there and they show me this picture. Uh, and it wasn't done like this because this is the very first um, sell of, of uh, Wolverine wow. for the uh, for our for our series. That is like the the first Wolverine, and I loved it. Right. They gave me the copy, two copies of that sell, and I took pictures of it. I take this to Comic Cons, and, and they, they just love it. Uh, yeah, that'd be incredible to have. And they showed me that picture. And they said, "I said, who is he?" They said, "Well, he's an X Men, and he's uh, he's the only Canadian X Men." And I said, well, good, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> and they, they said, he, he, he's 5'3". And I said, oh, big fella. 5'3". He said, built like a big crap house mm -hmm. and is very, very uh, true to his friends and has is very ornery and <laughs> crumpy. And I said, oh, typecasting. Because <laughs> <laughs> I came from that little town I was telling you about, is a fisherman and hockey player like we just we just grew up playing hockey right. on the ice in the on the ice and on the lake even in the winter and of course in the arena with your little peewee all-star and then on to junior junior c i ended up playing but and on the, we would skate on lake erie so the, the people the guys so i saw enough of guys that, that i stole one of my best buddies was the toughest guy in four counties and by the way, my mom taught in about four or five different counties around Port Dover. So okay. she went to different different schools all over the place. Vocal teacher, so I I uh, knew how this guy would talk. So the first line that they gave me, they gave me the piece of paper, the script, and I said, "Okay, uh, so who do you hear?" I'm like, they said, "Well, uh, uh, what's this? Um, um, Clint Eastwood." And I said, "Well, that's yeah, okay." But um, I looked at the line. I said, "I can't hear him saying this because this sounds like he's got to be." Uh, yelling at someone and they said yeah i said clint eastwood never really yelled i've never heard him yell it's just like <laughs> go ahead make my day you know, that kind of softness i said but i get the idea you're looking for that i said yeah and they said steve mcqueen and i love that reference after getting to know wolverine because uh not the size but he's very calm and very quiet steve mcqueen i remember that about him i liked i loved him as an actor because he never had much just not much to say he was, and like very much like wolverine he's, he's into himself and doesn't share a lot of anything with anyone except sure. when he's pissed off and you know then you know that he's pissed off um and uh ward bond which i found very odd but uh i said okay so but in the back of my head i had because I, I read the line in my head and i went I, um you guys remember wolfman jack oh no yeah. god yeah from, oh, from, yeah. from uh from uh, midnight special he was on as well that was <laughs> an awesome show yeah. 
Yeah, so I put like Wolfman Jack Baby coming at you, <laughs> Midnight Special Baby. Put that into uh, Wolverine's voice <laughs> for a lot of the time to get the, like um, the first line, especially. But uh, and but I have to go up a bit in range because that's thirty years ago. So this is the first line they gave me, and I said, "So who's who's he talking to here? Who's he? Who's he?" I say, "Yelling, saying this line to." And they said, "This is true, uh, Sabretooth." And I went. Is this a, a, an animal cartoon? Is this an animal cartoon or something? But they said they started laughing and said, "What?" I said, "An animal cartoon." I'm Wolverine. He's he's Sabretooth. They're animals? <laughs> no, no. And they stopped laughing. They said, "No, he's like your your arch enemy, Sabretooth. You you whenever as soon as you see each other, you just start fighting." They said, "And he may be your long lost brother or something connection, but no one, you know, we don't know." I said, "Oh, okay." So I had this guy, these lines that I've heard in my hometown, like, anytime, pretty boy. That, oh, that, that great line, that line that I love. But this is the first line. Um, this is the first line that they gave me and, and that they heard come out of my yap. <laughs> All right, you egg-sucking piece of gutter trash. You always like pushing around people smaller than you. Well, I'm smaller. Try pushing me. Oh. That's how you make goosebumps, man. Yeah, that's how you make goosebumps. You know, they just—they all—all of a sudden, in unison, just went, "Holy shit!" Yeah. Give him some more lines. Give him some more lines. Which, of course, they did. My favorite line, which again is probably related to the Steve, uh, Chris, Chris McQueen, to uh, um, uh, what's his name? The first Steve. voice that Steve McQueen? Huh? No, no, no. That they uh, the first. Um, Clint Eastwood. Oh, mm. gotcha. Uh, Sorry. This line, because uh, I they, I remember it when I read it. I went like, "This is." They said, "Yeah, it's adapted from the movie." So this is my favorite line. Oh, I got to put this on, or one of them. Oh. Yeah. So <clears throat> I know what you're thinking, punk. Question is, can I get Wolverine before he turns me into Shishka Bob with those claws? Well, bub. See, it is how these claws are adamantium, the strongest metal known, and can slice through vanadium steel like a hot knife through butter, buddy. You gotta ask yourself, do I feel lucky? That's it. That's oh, Hellfire oh, Club. Man. I think I can die. He, he, walk, you know? <laughs> he walks into the Hellfire Club, and there's a guy with a gun pointed right at him, and he yeah. walks very nonchalantly, very coldly towards him. I know what you're thinking, punk. And I just love that line. And they, at that point, they lost it. They said, okay, you're finished. You can go. I said, "Pardon?" I said, "You can go. We'll be in. T- we'll be in touch." And they phoned me that night. It was so cool at my mom's house. Actually, she was still alive, and uh, it was great to hear. You know, so you're a Wolverine. I said, "Okay, I can't wait." Whoever he is, <laughs> and whoever that whoever whoever that saber tooth guy, I'm looking to see more of him. Right, uh, right. So that was the beginning of it. And of course, when we get into the studio, I don't know any of the guys because they're all voiceover people, and I'm I'm a singer. And, you know, right. they knew of me because I had a TV show that was syndicated worldwide for five years. So they knew who I was, but we'd never see each other because I was in to do the singing. Uh, we would go in for and sing for, listen, guys, for sure, an hour and a half, sometimes two hours to do the background on a beer commercial for Molson X, Molson X Sport Ale. And us singers, we'd sing like whatever, excellent and stuff. For, you know, <laughs> three, three girls, three guys across from microphones. And we'd work for an hour and a half, come out and sign for scale 
and group sing, that's what it was paying at, was like, well, definitely less than solo sing. So we were just getting less to begin with. In would walk, and these guys, I, this guy was a friend of mine, so I knew him, Donnie Burns. And he would walk in, and he, this is all he had to say. He just walked up to the microphone, he would say, Molson X, great ale. Thank you. Goodbye. <laughs> twice, twice what we made. Oh, my in five God. Minutes. That's well, yeah, so strange how that works. Molson X. Because, because voiceover people have to have agents to get to know auditions and stuff. They have to, so have that, that, the rationale is that they have to get paid. They get paid uh, one half, one whole more scale because they have to pay their agent 15%. Because oh. uh, singers never had agents. It was just word of mouth and people knew, oh yeah, well you definitely need Cal for that. And Cal for that too. And who's, oh yeah, a chipmunk Cal, you need him for that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, say, <laughs> okay. <laughs> So I loved everything I was doing. It was like singing anything. It didn't matter as long as I was singing and having fun doing it and pay, getting paid for it, which was a bonus. It was sure. st- silly. So singing, my mom just loved us when she saw it to see the result of her children and stuff. And she was teaching school and she'd get stuff to ask students, write something about someone you, um, you um, have respect for or that you look up to. And she would tell them all, oh, if there was watch the for this commercial, my cow's got a commercial on TV and it was for butter. And it was it was Donovan's. They call me Mellow Yellow. Yeah, just yeah. butter it, just butter it. You know, I sang that. Of course, there many. That's thirty years ago, easily. This girl wrote. She wrote that I was the one she looked up to. Mom's student. I ended up singing at her wedding. Her, oh, her wow. father was one of my best buddies growing up too. And I sang at her wedding because she said I I have I just love Cal Dodd for singing that butter commercial. Oh my! <laughs> so it, it, it's just been a riot, and it's been not even like working, of course. But you know, it is. Sure. But, uh, I I would never know. It's just too much fun. Kind of like this. Oh well, yeah. <laughs> bless your heart for saying oh, such things. But we're going to jump to a quick commercial break, but don't go anywhere. More with Cal Dodd when we return. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Yeah, so let me tell you the story of, of when I met uh, Hugh Jackman. So oh, wow. he's in Toronto. He's in Toronto shooting his well, the very first movie. The year was two thousand. We had finished our series in ninety seven, and so three years had gone sort of by, and and uh, they were all the time. But this was in the works on the success of X Men the animated series. Our series, this movie started, and that whole thing with Hugh and X Men stuff was because of our little animated series right uh because it was so good our, our series the writing was brilliant and um we met it so when they had a wine and cheese they wanted the two wolverines to meet so they here he comes towards me and they said uh, cal this is uh, our our wolverine in the, in the live action 
you know, very first ever Wolverine people are going to see in the movies. And it's a pleasure to meet you, uh, Hugh. And he said, it's, it's great to meet you too, mate, but I'm sick and tired of listening to your voice. <laughs> because, <laughs> and it made sense to me. I said, what is he talking about? He said, well, they wanted the only reference of Wolverine's voice to anyone growing up for the last, well, five, seven, eight years now, then it's 2000 after our series, is your voice. So we told him, he was told explicitly to listen to Cal Dodds, listen to Wolverine from the animated series voice, and please try and get close to that, you know, if you can. And he said it was it was crazy. As you said, he got, got you know, he still says that to this day, it's a great voice, but uh, I'm just sick and tired of listening to it. So <laughs> as, 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 as he's leaving, I'll beat myself on this because uh, as he's leaving, I say, well, it's great talking to you, Hugh. And he leaves. He said, you too, Cal, right? And I'll see you. He turns, he walks away, and I said, in Wolverine's voice, hey, you. And it sounds like, hey, you. <laughs> hey, you. And he turns around, he said, yeah, Cal, yep. Because uh, I, I need to say the real word to get the full impact of Go it. Go for it. You can say whatever you want. Oh, yeah. Okay. So um, he said, yeah, Kelly. I said, hey, you. Yeah. Yes? Don't fuck this up, bub. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. He, and he, he, he just went, not a chance. Not a chance. Oh, that's uh, awesome. Yeah. Don't don't fuck this up, bub. <laughs> yeah. Wow. And I see him. I see him uh, like back and forth. Don't see him. The, uh, I haven't seen him since then. Uh, but I've just heard from people that he does a one man show that he's finished that long about a year and a half, two years ago. And he was he'd always give a shout out in the show to the original Wolverine because he would spend like five minutes of this singing and dancing show that he was doing <coughs> to talk about Wolverine because a lot that's what they wanted to hear. You know. Sure. Mm-hmm. So he he just would give a shout out to the original Wolverine Cal Dodd in Canada and stuff, which was I thought was so admirable and wonderful Absolutely. of him to do that. And we're trying to get uh, there was a, a mention of putting the two Wolverine myself and he in a in a movie. I don't know if it's ever going to happen, but they just they wanted me to be a bartender, you know, as a small role in whether it was movies like in wherever one scene or something. Right? So they, can I can I help you, bub? Oh, <laughs> so man. That, you know the, the the fans would go apeshit. Can I help you, pal? Yeah, they would. Yeah, and they're talking about yeah. putting uh, him in the next Deadpool film, right? I yeah. think so. Yeah. Oh yeah. Hey hey. Yeah. I'm going to yeah. keep an eye out for you at the bar. Heck yeah. <laughs> I'm, I've got to jump a little well way back. You you obliterated all my Wolverine questions, <laughs> but I love everything I heard. But one thing that you didn't mention uh, that I read online is that you toured with Joe Cocker. Oh, yeah. Can yeah you... See, that's what I forgot. Yeah. Well, with Deja Vu, with the group that I, uh, you know, that replaced Three Dog Night. Right. Mm-hmm. Those, it was uh, it was uh, EMI Capital, capital EMI Worldwide. Uh, and we had never been, we rehearsed underground for like seven months the band that we put together with the three singers, myself and like rhythm section stuff and sent tapes to New York and they said, super. So we went down and recorded our album. And as a result of doing that album, the first thing we did after that was tour with Joe Cocker with wow. a band called, with a band called stuff. And those guys, those, those cats are just on the tightest, tightest rhythm section I've ever heard. Richard T's Cornell Dupree, Steve Gadd on drums, uh, the only white guy in this group. Steve, Richard Tease, who I like, got so close to them, knew, knew him, a brilliant pianist. Gordon Edwards on bass, uh, 
uh, Eric Gale and Cornell Dupree on guitar. These are like world famous people. And they would just sit before Cocker came on every night because we would be the, we're the front band. So we would, we would be the first act for an hour. Right. <clears throat> and then they would be the intermission or something. And then Cock, these guys would come on and they'd, all of them are sitting on chairs, very relaxed with one leg out. And I would, sta- I would sit in the chair off to the side backstage and just watch these guys for 20 minutes play the stuff that they were playing. Well, stuff. And that's the name of the group. And they had an album called Stuff. And the second album was, guess what? Called More Stuff. <laughs> but if you could, th- these guys were unbelievable. I couldn't believe it. And then and, uh, Green Teeth is a girl that Joe had, that, that was her nickname, that would make sure Joe got to stage and then pushed him on, would start, and he'd come out and just start, <laughs> she came in through the bathroom window. And the band would kick it. It was just like, forget it. This is just, what am I? I'm pinching myself all the time. It was just I was I died and gone to rock and roll heaven. That and sounds we good. We did that for two, two months. He and Joe would never fly. We flew really once. He would never fly. We had two huge touring buses. What an experience! I can't imagine. <laughs> and I was uh, researching that your band uh, Deja Vu online. Yeah, Deja Vu. Yep. And you guys had a uh, a hit that went around. What was it? Seventy six. Uh, dance. Yeah, dance. Yeah. I was trying to find the album and it's yeah, com- completed That form. was the same year of the tour. Okay. Okay, perfect. But I, I, yeah. I have trouble. I found two songs on YouTube, but other than that, it was uh, it's really hard to find any copies of. I, I went and got a uh, vinyl album off of eBay that's going to be showing up here within the next week that I'd like to digitize and listen to. But it was just so cool to uh, find that out, especially that you guys were on the road with... Joe Cocker, I'm surprised you even glazed over that in the first half of the conversation. <laughs> I'd have been bragging on that. Yeah, no, no, for sure. Uh, that was just, uh, like I said, it was just uh, pinching myself all yeah. through that tour. He was he was a gem, Joe. <laughs> and uh, the last night of the tour, it's his birthday. I thought he was 50, but it was, it was his 30th birthday. <laughs> oh, <geez. laughs> what? And we got up and sang backgrounds with him because he just jumped. There was a local band playing in a big arena or something. And they, so they, someone told him, Joe Cocker's in the audience and would like to sing with you. They were like, what? Wow. Like, what? <laughs> this, this little horn band, you know. So he got up. Yeah. we got up and sang uh, whatever. Uh, get along with a little help from my friends or something or feeling all right, something like that. Not feeling too good myself. But Joe thought as soon as he got up there, started taking his T-shirt off because he, he, was, <laughs> he was half, you know, Happy. Happy. <laughs> <laughs> I, said, I said, Joe, Joe, it's no, no, Joe, we're not. It's just, you know, we're out. It's your birthday year. You know, we've had a little bit of drink and stuff. So you don't have to take your shirt off. And he talks to me and he says, who the fuck are you? <laughs> who the fuck are you? <laughs> so it's how looped he was. And then we end up back in his hotel room and he had liquor everywhere. And this lady, green tea. You know, to make sure he's okay. Uh, does no D, but too late. And uh, there's bottles everywhere. And as he says, he says, "Help yourself, guys, on the way out." So I don't know what the other guys took, but I went right. I went right for the bottle of tequila. And he's lying down. He, he's like lying straight back. And it's. He, I thought he was like half assed out or asleep. And as soon as I took the bottle, it was almost at the door. He says, "Everything, everything but the tequila." <laughs> <laughs> I said, "Okay, Joe." I just tried. He said. That's good. No, don't take it. But anyway, yeah, <coughs> that was a riot with him. Um, what a ride! Yeah. Music, music is it was definitely it was my life through the whole thing. 
and then you uh, still is. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. You put an album out. Uh, what's it, within the past ten years? I'd say just self-titled yeah. Cal Dodd, which. I learned yeah. about on your website, caldod.com, which sounds, it's like a lounge kind of sound, like Frank Sinatra kind of sounding, where you're doing songs like, uh, what was it, like Summertime, Night and Day, yeah. Beyond the Sea. Look, sounds awesome. Can you tell at, us a little bit about at, the at, album? At Last, like the yes. Etta James, At Last. It's a, it's a great vocal, too, on that on that particular cut. You know, At Last, Now Love is Coming oh, yeah. Home. My Lonely Days Are Over. Well, the guys, the local players here, Doug Riley, and specifically was is uh, internationally renowned B three and pianist. He was I've never ever heard anyone play like him, the B three or or a piano. Mm-hmm. Uh, and mine was the last album that he did, last record that he did. Oh wow! Yeah, and they just all all the guys, Russ Little and Russ Little was our music director for the circus show. And I worked with them all the time before synth- synthesizers came in. You would see these guys and even the, all the string players at the recording sessions we're doing for beer, bras, uh, you know, c- cereals, <laughs> two scoops of raisins in a package of Kellogg's Raisin Bran, that kind of, you know, everything. Right. And you would see the real, real players. Well, as soon as synthesizers came in, you never saw them anymore. It was all synths. They didn't, didn't, you never saw the string players anymore. And right. then eventually the, the, the horns, live saxes stuff. But and so they all said we we all desperately want to play for you to sing this kind of stuff. So I picked my own songs like "Summertime," which is like you know that's like a bluesy thing the way sure. that I did it anyway. And at last, and then of course some Frank tunes, and uh, there, I think there's fourteen or fifteen soon tunes on that album. You did one, oh, one on there that I I only heard a snippet of it on your website, but it sounded awesome because I'd never heard it like this before. Is let the good times roll? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That was really. Yeah, cool. I love that kind of shit. That's and that's that piano player I was talking about on that, on that particular cut. And there's a great and a wonderful ballad on that called "How, How Do You Keep the Music Playing." It's a great lyric. Uh, <clears throat> it's just like uh, you know, how do you keep the music playing? How do you keep your marriage um, happening and change? You know, keep it don't so it doesn't right. get stagnant or whatever. It's a wonderful tune, but yeah, let the good times roll is a great. That's a great shuffle bang, rock and rock and roll tune. Yeah, hmm. never, never have I heard it in the style that it's on there. It sounds pretty cool. I'm excited to get my hands on the album. How would one do that? Just inquiring through the website for for what my CD for your CD? Yes. Well, I'll send you some. Oh wow, really? That would yeah, be amazing. Yeah. yeah. So I'll send three. <sighs> Thank you. <laughs> that is so freaking not, cool of you. Not all for you, Jeremy. I want it all three. <laughs> you know, in case I ruin Brad, the first know. two, I'll have an extra one. Yeah. But well, thank you. I player, it, it's worth it just to hear the keyboard player on that album and, and the horns. And the arranger died as well. He was uh, way too young to die. And a genius in his own right, too. Great arranger. Uh, right. He would just come over to my house and we would work on the songs. And put it together and just did it because they. I said, "Okay, here's I'll sing for you. I'll sing with you guys." <laughs> like you know, I was doing them a favor. I couldn't yeah. believe I was working. I couldn't believe I was working with them. I said, "Oh, this is so much fun." And they said, "Well, works twice as much fun for us." And I recorded it all in two days. Two. Wow. Yeah, two. Um, which is amazing when you hear the album. Two five-hour or six-hour sessions. Yeah, two six-hour sessions. That's incredible. On a weekend. I will do that. If you give me the information as to where to send that, Jeremy. Yeah, I'll send it to you uh, in an email. But okay, thank so, you so much for that. 
how do you is that how do you pronounce your last name? K A H L E. Uh, tell you what, why don't you take a stab at it first? <laughs> <laughs> okay, Jeremy Colley. Wow. wow. First wow. try. First try. That... Everyone always gets it wrong. They say Kaylee or Kale. You're the man. You're like one of two people in my life to get that right. Wow, because well, A H is all. Yeah. 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 Tell that to half the people in Ohio here, <laughs> man. They don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's just that reminds, that reminds me. That reminds me of a story, which is how my name turned out to be. Because I was just going to say, do, do you ever, uh, Callie, do you ever get people barking at you? Stuff? <laughs> no, but when people ask me how do I pronounce my last name, I say Collie like the dog because it's the only way to get yeah. it to stick in their head. Exactly. <laughs> I was I was just going to go like roof roof. Yeah. So uh, when we came, when we came from Ireland, I went to school when it was uh, so like you know uh, grade one, and well, my name was Cahill. It's Gaelic for Charles. Cahill, uh, Charles, Cahill James Connell Dodd. So wow. So you know Cahill you know Dodd. Like. So so there I go to school, and you know the teachers, you know, and your name. Sorry, what's your name? I said Cahill. He said. <laughs> And they looked at the spelling, C-A-T-H-A-L. And I said, really, well, I didn't say this because mom had to tell them. But uh, so initially, all of a sudden, every kid is calling me cattle. <laughs> cattle. <laughs> I went home to mom and I said, after a week, I said, this is it. I'm not, I can't take this anymore. What, what, now what? I said, They're calling me a bovine. They're calling me a cow. <laughs> cattle. <laughs> I said, yeah. And she said, cow i said yeah mm, that fella <laughs> she, said, oh. she said okay all right but so they changed it to, she she went to the school and said call him cal c-a-l that was the end of that yeah i know that pain though not as bad as you do though but yeah i know what it's like i know what it's like yeah. well thank well, you i had for to that. ask you that dear i'm <laughs> glad you did because it turned out hu uh, humorous didn't it <laughs> <But>. <laughs> We're going to jump to another commercial really quick, but stick around more with Cal when we return. This is Alex Hasty, the host of Ohio vs. the World, an American history podcast. On Ohio vs. the World, we'll travel back in time with the authors, historians, and even witnesses to visit the most exciting, consequential, and too often overlooked topics that have shaped America's history. There seems to be an Ohio connection to so many important moments. When you said uh, Ohio versus the world, we did some damage. So join us and we'll take a deep dive to enlighten, educate, and entertain you as Ohio versus the world makes history fun again. We've got to get back to touching on Wolverine a little bit more. I know Randy's got some questions yeah, here for you. Uh, just circling back, in the course of making the animated series, I know, or I had read that uh, one of your favorite episodes was with uh, the one with Nightcrawler. Um, I was just curious what kind of stuck out stuck out to you on that one, or and if there were any other like standout moments. Mainly, uh, the that Wolverine, um, and uh, it's very touching for Wolverine. He ends up in the that's the he ends up in the uh, on in front of the altar in the church in yeah. France. Yep. <laughs> yeah, but <clears throat> it was kind of hard when I'm when I was doing that because I as I told you I was was in a junior seminary for grade 9, 10, and 11, thinking I was going to be a priest, which, you know, oh, didn't wow. happen, obviously. Yeah, so <laughs> this this it was like, I had to say lines like, so where's your God now? You know, to, to, to uh, Nightcrawler, who, of course, was always very calm. 
this is the fine Wolverine. Nothing. See with use different eyes. This is this is all just bricks and mortar. This will also yeah. will be. This is not like the human soul and body. This is bricks and mortar. It can be fixed and built up, unlike the human. He said, "Use different eyes, Logan," and and he gave them a, the book, the Bible, with yeah. special special excerpts marked and stuff. And uh, Wolverine is just doesn't know what to say to that. Where's your God now? He was just finished saying that. And he gets to sit and starts. I'd never talked in his voice like that, like reading from the Bible. And it was like weird to try and find where's that going to come from? Because he's not gravel and not so much gravel. Right. Uh And it was just like, and I will try harder to be the, 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 the person you want me to be. I've been coughing for like two weeks now. Uh, so th- it's a bit more gravelly than it should be. I, I should be able to cut that out. By the way, we start on Thursday. We start the the back, the last, not the last 10, hopefully. We've done 10 episodes for Disney. We start, uh, I just got this three days ago. We start, I'm working Thursday to do the first of the next 10. So oh, I'm concerned cool. about this cough. Wait for this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I, so, and, and the last thing that I, so back to this, I'm sorry, Randy. Oh, you're fine. Um, but remind me about that about uh this episode so i uh getting a chance to be like in front of an altar and and doing that it was just for me it was for wolverine i really felt for him like wow he's actually like, like learning and 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 he loves reading this and he loves it's making him at peace and he's got a bit of a smile on his or smirk on his face but you know and not a tear but then at the back of the church is Rogue, and she's standing there. And I love the way that episode ended, too, because it just goes, it leaves Wolverine, and the camera comes out, and uh, as he's, like, praying, kneeling down, and it goes, it cuts on Rogue, and she's got a tear coming down her, yeah. her cheek from, from her eye, and it goes black. And I said, wow. wow, what a great, great episode. And I loved Nightcrawler. I loved, I, loved, I loved the voice that he came up with, and it was just, uh, I just thought it was a very cool episode. Very, very heavy tones, too. Pardon? Very heavy tones to it. I mean, you know, oh, being yeah. on that it was like on with like after school and Saturday morning cartoons, that's, that's some heavy stuff to lay on kids, you know? Oh, yeah, no kidding. Aside aside from uh, the first, the second episode when they killed uh, Morph. Morph. Yeah. <laughs> oh. But they told them and they got in a lot of trouble. Not, not trouble. But they were so, what are you doing? You can't, this is for children. You can't kill someone like this. They said, "We can, and we did." And <laughs> children, we're not, we're not, we're not writing down to children. Nor will we. This needs. There's. They'll meet this in their life, whether it's their dog, whether it's their brother, someone, their mom, their some a friend is going to die, pass away on them, as it happens to all of us. And that's just one thing that they they were so honest about. The writers who said, "No." this is a learning moment, you know, you know, sure. as much as it hurt because the reaction to that was like instantaneous with the fans. Well, no, you can't, what, what are you doing? You know? Right. I had uh, also read online that uh, you had a conversation with uh, George Buzza in around 2019 coming up on his first con uh, appearance that he hadn't seen any of the, uh, the episodes George Booza? Booza, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. Um, that he hadn't seen and, any of the uh, the episodes, and you kind of insisted to him, like, look, if you're going to Comic-Con, you need to see him, because uh, the fans are going to grill you. I was just curious how that uh, 
exchange went. Yeah, he, he when I talked to George, said George, you got to you got to start coming with me. This is a riot, you know. And he was there wasn't that much work happening and stuff. And he said, you know, and this is they they give you money. <laughs> 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 and it was like, I beg your pardon. And he, that's the way he talks, you know, that very solemn, like um, Wolverine, uh, Logan, the keys. Whatever. <laughs> tell, tell him, tell him, I'll buy him a new door. Okay. He was very. He said, "Well, what do you mean?" I said, "You just sit. Well, what if no one comes up?" He said, well, "He said, but I haven't, as you say, I haven't, I haven't seen any of the episodes since we did them." He said, "I don't even know if I watched them back then." I said, "Well, do yourself a favor. You can buy that Bluetooth stuff. Do that and um, <laughs> start, start coming with me," and which he did. And I have his his first autograph that he signed he was sitting beside me there's only the two of us at the, at the thing and i made sure that the first person went up and he was and, and paid him actual money and stuff i i was filming it and, just, <laughs> but, and he was just you know just beaming and that big face and big head of his was like he looks like a, a biker <laughs> <laughs> and it was wonderful to see that and he just he just loves loves doing it now just loves it that's awesome yeah now, you had mentioned uh, X-Men 97 again, you know, coming back to Disney. For, based on what I'm seeing on the Internet, it's uh, coming this fall, fall 2023, and that it stands to be a continuation of right where it was left off in season five. Um, yes, I'm sir. just curious what it's been like for you to step back into a character where you left off with him 26 years later. What's different? What's changed in your experience uh, doing Wolverine? It was very weird because we're in the same studio. No <laughs> kidding. Yeah, very same studio. Different engineers, of course, but uh, it's just this is too weird, fellas. And it was just, <laughs> and of course, I'm dealing with not when we did it before. Of course, they were all uh, in Toronto, and their, their voice director was there, Dan Hennessy, and you know, great guy, and he could just tell you, you know, do this, do that with Wolvie, and this is how he's feeling. Now they're in a on a camera, and they're in L.A. And um, uh, and they're wonderful, uh, and it's no different because you know, I'm just looking at a TV screen. But, but I couldn't. And it was when I first started it again. The first episode I did, even the the head writer was was just when I opened my app and said whatever the first line was, because I would just practice doing lines just to, you know to get back into the voice. Sure. <clears throat> Tell Cyclops. I made him a convertible just to get me into it. He was like, he was just like this. Oh, <laughs> I can relate to that. Yeah. The, the, the head writer. And I, well, like, I said, is it cold where you are? He said, oh, no, no, it's not cold. It's actually rather hot right now. Um, <laughs> so, and it was like so cool. And I said, well, let's get going on this, people. <laughs> and it was just like I couldn't believe it. it was like because when it stopped, it was like losing my best friend or right. my brother or, or my left arm or something. You know, it was just like what after five years, like I don't have to go next week to do more of this. He's gone. Yeah. Oh yeah, he's gone, but not forgotten, bub. That's for so. Him. It was so glad when that came back, and it it was all the fans and that I I know for a fact that this was the fans doing, because we kept doing this at Comic-Con. We'd say, please, we'd have, you know, we'd have a, um, in the room where you get, yeah. George and I would go and, uh, like panels. And they, thank you. 
Oh my God. Here for a panel. <laughs> a panel. And they'd ask all these kind of questions. We say, you know, and we talked to them, of course, it's the same kind of questions. And he said, you have to start uh, bugging Disney because they've, they've been threatening for the last year and a half. And this went on for another year and a half after this, of us saying that. And it, it worked. Disney wow. said these people want these people want this show back with the same Wolverine, like for sure the same Wolverine and as many as the original cast as they can get. So they did, and uh, it's like <laughs> this is what this is unbelievable. And it is it remarkable the, because of the fans. Oh yeah, because the fans did that. I mean, it's, there's no there's no question. Disney said, "Well, this looks like a money maker." I said, "Duh." <laughs> an, un, an, un, an unbelievable series that you think that these people have forgotten and now it's their children it, those, those guys who were 7 to 10 years of age are now 35 to 40 right. years of age and they have and I see this at Comic Cons and it just makes me fucking grin sorry excuse me oh, it <laughs> makes me grin <laughs> makes me grin because they got their kid in tow and I've, I have freaked out so many fathers. He, he's got his kid in his arms. The kid's like four. He's not five. But he knows that he's got a wolfing little claw in his hand and stuff. And I'm this side of him. And they're taking a picture. There's his wife or someone. Yeah, is taking a picture. Or the handler that I have at the think desk is taking a picture of us. And I'm this way at this kid. And he's right here at four. Who, by the way, is named Logan. There are oh, so no. many yeah. kids, so many fathers <laughs> that named their child Logan. I, we're going to have we've we've actually ad advertised this. We're going to have a special comic con for children named Logan. Oh, there'd be thousands <laughs> of them. I was going to say it's going to be packed. Yeah. So this so that we did a regular picture. And I got my arm around with my my claw and stuff, and I said, "Okay, take another one." So, so the little kid's here, and he's like four or five, like I said. And I leaned over as he's taking a shot, and I I kiss him on the cheek and hold it there while taking the picture. <laughs> and the father goes, "Holy shit!" I can't believe this. Wolverine kissed my son. <laughs> Wolverine kissed my son. Logan kissed Logan. <laughs> they, they just lose it, and it was just and it's such makes me so happy to see oh, to yeah. see them like that. And they are. Well, yeah. I mean, what an incredible feeling. People are coming to you over and over saying, you know. I named my kid after you, like you said earlier. You changed my oh, life, yeah. you know, all that stuff. I've shown you to my, you know, my kids. It's incredible, I would imagine. Yeah, oh, it is. It is. And like I said, there are thousands of children named Logan after this series. <laughs> because, you know, their fathers now can't wait for this next Men 97 to come out to watch it with their sons and daughters now. Mm -hmm. Like yeah. together. It's new. It's going to be brand new to all of them. And it's going to be just—it's going to be fantastic for them, and for the series. So that Disney. would be incredible. And if it—and if yeah. it—I uh, I mean, I'm not—I don't know why I'm sitting here saying if it's a hit, it's going to be a hit. <laughs> Hopefully, they do the same thing with uh, Spider-Man. You were in that too as Wolverine in a few episodes, right? The Spider-Man cartoon yeah. was on around the same time. It would be cool to see that one come back yeah, as well. But for sure. I mean, X-Men. Yeah, we that's, did. That's we did a—we did a, a an episode with them, like uh, with the. Yeah. In, in spider-man yeah yeah, yeah. wolverine was in spider-man i don't know who else was in it i think it was just wolverine and spider-man mm -hmm. and he had a couple of because wolverine has the best lines and the funniest lines, and he doesn't even he's not being funny but it's it's just ridiculously funny and i forget what he called the web spinner or, or the something you know the, the, the lines that they could have written for that 
that only Wolverine can say. <laughs> but it, as, as he says to Captain America when they're in Germany, before Wolverine even has these things, before Wolverine has these, you know, implanted yes. into his body or any of the adamantium, he's dressed in all dressed in black. And I like that episode because I got to do it like uh, like a Humphrey Bogart. He's jumping and he's got a toque on, a black toque with a black jacket. And he's jumping on the roofs and stuff. And he said, I was just in, I'm in there looking after the Crouch man. Wandering, wandering around the place, trying to get my angle of seats, what's happening with these goose steppers. And, you know, like that, as like a, you know, a, a commentator. It was so yeah. cool to be able to do that. And then he meets, so he ends up fighting two guards or something over a little kid that's dropped something and the, 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 the crowds are going to try and arrest him or take him away, the little kid. And Wolverine, of course, you know, takes care of that situation. But all of a sudden this shield comes through and yes, knocks over yeah. a couple more of them, and it's 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 missed Captain America, and so they introduce themselves, and they, you know, as they're walking along, because now they're going to work together, uh, and he says, uh, "The name's Captain Captain America," and Wolverine's walking behind him and says, "You're kidding." <laughs> <laughs> so then then they're so Wolf, uh, Captain America gives them these things, like a couple of, the, but they're shorter versions. They have to climb, they have to climb, scale this huge cliff. You get yes. up to the top to get where they're going. And so he hands these things to Wolverine and Wolverine puts them on, which I think is so clever, the writing and stuff. And they get up to the climbing up. And as, of course, as they climb up, he can't leave this alone, Wolverine. And you're thinking, Wolverine, why would he ever say this? Looks over at, Spider at, at Spider-Man, at Captain America and says, talking about his uniforms. <clears throat> he said, yeah, it's the colors of the U.S. He's saying it's the colors. Of the US. Yeah, again, duh. Um, he said, as he, he waits like two punches up the climbing up thing and he says, What's it made of anyway? It's got to itch. Yeah. <laughs> that was such what's, a what's cool scene. What's it made scene. of anyway? It's got to itch. <laughs> what? Jesus, <laughs> what did you say? And, got to <laughs> and, he, and, he, and he gives these back to Captain America, and he says, those things could come in handy. <laughs> <laughs> like fores foreshadowing. Right. Those things come in handy. Oh, you think? There was another bit of foreshadowing there, too, because that same scene you're talking about where he's he questions Captain America about the outfit, too. He's like, what's with what's with the stars and stripes, Bob, or something like that. And he said something to the effect of, you know, I want people when they see it to be reminded of uh, what they're fighting for, you know, what it represents and stuff. And he says something to yeah. the effect like, well, you'd never catch me in something like that. And then years later, he's wearing the bright yellow. You know, <laughs> He gets it years yeah. later. I think that episode was called Old Soldiers. Yeah. yeah. It's, it starts off one. in a graveyard. It starts mm -hmm. off in a graveyard. Uh, yeah, because I did, uh, um, uh, on a TV show, a guest appearance on the Alan Hamill show, or Alan Thick show, oh. and I played, the, I played the piano, and um, it was uh, based in Vancouver, uh, British Columbia, and I played the piano and sang this Elton John song called Talking Old Soldiers, which I love, love that tune. I don't know if you've ever heard it, but uh, I can't. Great I don't song. recall it by yeah. the name. No. Yeah, it's called "Old Soldiers." No, uh, yeah, old old soldiers. Why, well, hello, say can I buy you another glass of beer? Thanks a lot. That's kind of you. It's nice to know you care these days. Yeah, talking old soldiers is what when, it's called. When you say uh, <laughs> Alan Thick show, are you referring to uh, the Thick of the Night? Oh no, that that's a no. It, no, he had a he, Alan Thick had a talk show. It was Alan Hamill before him who married uh, that uh, the beautiful blonde uh, from Three's Company. Suzanne Summers. Thank you. Yes. 
married was married to Alan Hamill. I can't remember. Yeah. Anyway, so Alan, after Alan Hamill, because I was on that sh- Alan Hamill show with Pierre Pierre Burton with uh, Raymond Burr, Ironside. Oh, okay. That that's another story. So, <laughs> and then uh, then it became the Alan Thick show. We had it for about two years, and you know, singers, people like Raymond Burr and stuff on it. Then I just played the piano and sang this really sad song, Talking Old Soldiers, Elton John. I'm about to see if I can find that yeah. online. But, I'd like but, to see that. Yeah, but, but because at the beginning of that episode, it's like the Wolverine's over standing with his claws and swearing at the sign of the... Because uh, he didn't know yet that the guy that was this girl's father was a double agent. And mm. they said the guys, the four, three other soldiers come up to him and say... Because they, they're saying about going to, to a bistro for a beer or something, and they just turn around and they turn around and see. They said, "Hey, that looks like." And they walk over to Wolverine, and he said, "Excuse me, Bob, I don't mean to bother you." Said, and Wolverine, of course, in his polite manner, like something I can help you with, Bub. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, he hadn't aged, and it's been thirty years or something, but he didn't age. Wolverine, he said, right. "Oh, you you look just like him. You could be his brother or something." Wolverine, yeah, or something. You know, and then they walk away. <laughs> and he says, I sure would like to join you, Ernie, in that in that bistro, but you know, I got something to do. Anyway. I like that episode as well very much. It's a good episode. Very, very yeah. good episode. One of my favorites, but Yeah, old soldiers. Are you guys watching the Super Bowl or anything? Uh me personally, no. I'm not into Football? sports ball really. <laughs> maybe <laughs> maybe commercials I'll watch tomorrow after they're on YouTube. Yeah. But what about you? Oh yeah, but see, we don't get the commercials that you guys get because it's just local stuff, and it's like oh, really big deal because we have to wait till like a month from now when they show all those great commercials. I just what I what I like to do is Donna, my wife, she's she's been cooking for a day and a half. We used we used to go to a buddy's place and and it was just a great party and everyone had to bring a dish that kind of thing. Sure, mm-hmm. and the game was incidental. <laughs> it was just. It was just boom. Boom, boom, and food, wings, you know, the stuff you're not supposed to eat. Yeah, oh yeah. Wing, yeah, oh yeah, wings and more wings and more beer, beer and beer and beer wings See, and I then wings with, with more beer. <laughs> now you're talking my language. That's the kind of football oh, I like. Oh, big time. Yeah, See here. So mm-hmm. listen, make sure you get me the um, address so I, could, so I can send the CD. Yeah, I'll yep. get it to you immediately after uh, we get off of here. And I just want to remind the listeners really quick to check out Cal at CalDodd.com and on social media at RealCalDodd. And uh, you're on Cameo as well. People can get a personalized uh, Wolverine yeah. video <laughs> from Cal on Cameo. And again, once again, C2E2 uh, Chicago, March 31st through April 2nd. You can go meet Cal in person. And one of these days we need to get there. Yes, we yeah, do. We do. Yeah, sure. and also uh, 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 since um, COVID started March 2020, I believe. Right. I decided I had a. Uh, I won't get into the goose thing, <clears throat> but there was a goose that had eggs and laid eggs right on the property, and I, I named her and named the husband that she called her husband, <laughs> and the gander, and she would have like three, four, five little ones, and you know, then we they'd stay until they grow up, grew up to be like this big. Anyway, right. long story. I started singing to her and I would post just little songs like you are so beautiful. Cause you know, she was just a goose. Anyway, p- people like my producer of, of the circus TV show years ago said, would you please put yourself on camera, sing these songs. So as of that, a week after that, so March, middle of March, uh, maybe the end of March. And I have been posting two, at least two 
songs every day. I'm over a thousand songs. This is on Facebook. Wow. I'm, I'm over a th- check that out. I'm over a thousand songs and I get through, you know, you pay a dollar, two dollars for the tracks and they're, they're great tracks. And I just sing and it's, uh, it's spent and I'm underneath, there's a huge pool cover over my pool, like a, a structure, like a, a big structure. It's not right. a plastic thing. And that has a little bit of an echo to it, which is perfect. So check that out and you can friend me and, and you can watch them all. And there's over a thousand, I'm at a thousand songs. That can't believe awesome. it. Freaking sweet. Yeah, I definitely am going to be yeah. checking that out. Talkers and like okay, all that kind of stuff. And a lot of country stuff too, because I love country. I love Garth Brooks. I love them. I love all those guys. I love country. Yeah. There's a lot of good country artists mm-hmm. out there. It's, it's got to oh, be shoot. very specific for me sometimes. I don't, I don't, I hate like new, newer age country stuff, where yeah. they just sing yeah, about Vince, pickup Vince trucks Gill. and stuff. I, I do a lot of, I do a lot of Vince Gill stuff and, uh, uh, like I said, and, and, uh, Kenny Rogers. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Especially when you get this, if you get a lot of that, like you painted up your lips and rolled and curled your tinted hair, that kind of <laughs> nice. stuff. But you'd love it. So I'm up, up to a thousand tunes, and it's just Cal Dodd, C A L D O D D. All right. I definitely will check that out. Man, I'm excited. A lot of music to yes. check out. Yeah. But- yeah. That is a lot of music. Thank you so much. It's been such an honor to sit here and talk with you for an hour, man. Thank yeah. you oh, for being thanks. here. You're so, so welcome. You guys are the best. And um, do it again sometime. Absolutely. 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 Hey, we'll, we'll do it again after the, the uh, Disney airs it, airs yes. some episodes okay. or whatever. Perfect. Yeah. Because be I want to know what I want. I want to get your reaction to that, to the new okay. stuff. It's a date, man. Right. We'll do it. Oh, yeah. And and remember I said, uh, what's his name? The the, the with the long purple tail. Oh, um, Nightcrawler. Uh, Nightcrawler. Nightcrawler. Remember I said Nightcrawler. All right, man. Well, we definitely will have you back. Can't wait to have that conversation, man. But until then, thank you so much, oh, Cal. Yeah. It's been amazing. You are so welcome. You. You're Thanks, so welcome. It's time to drink. It's time to drink beer. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Enjoy it. I'll have Thanks. one as well. <laughs> okay, Jeremy. Have a good Bye, one, Cal. You thank guys. you. See you Thanks, later. Cal. Bye. All right, and once again, that was our conversation with Cal Dodd. What a freaking awesome guy he was, right? Oh, yeah, he was. God, yeah. And it sounds like <laughs> he wants to come back on after X-Men 97 and just premieres on Disney+. Plus. Done. Yeah. 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 <laughs> don't have to twist our arms. He asked us to come back on. Anyway, uh, once again, don't forget to check out uh, Cal at his website, caldodd.com, and on social media at RealCalDodd. And once again, Cameo, where you can get your personalized message from him. And C2E2 Chicago, March 31st through April 2nd. Go meet the man. Shake his hand. Get an autograph. You won't regret it. I mean, what a cool guy. Yeah. Hell yeah. He might even kiss your baby. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Be one of the people that had Wolverine kiss your baby. But big thanks to Cal once again for being on the show. And with that... Jack, what do we have on the website? Go to candairpodcast.com where you can listen, like, follow, subscribe, buy some merch, become a patron, see some of our special guests, YouTube videos, and if you'd like to be a guest and promote your work, send us an email on our contacts page. And don't forget to find us on Twitter at candairpod and on Instagram at canned underscore air. And like I said earlier, on that website Jack was just talking about, candairpodcast.com. You can support us by going to our merch tab and buying some stuff or going over to our Patreon tab and becoming a patron and getting extra content every month. Uh, Randy, what else is there? Also, uh, evergreenpodcast.com. And uh, yeah, however you're listening to us, give us a like and review. We appreciate it. It helps so much, mm-hmm. doesn't it? Mm-hmm. 
All right, gentlemen, I think that's an episode. So until next time, I am Jeremy Colley. I'm Jack Doherty. And I'm Randy Hardenbrook. Thanks so much for listening, everyone, and be excellent to each other. chicken hold on there boys wow it's flint instead of writing your name write candairpodcast.com and help spread the word well that's a great idea now we know and knowing is half the battle gi this has been a canned air production Hi, this is comedian and writer, and let's be honest, I do a lot of things. This is Dino Tripodis, the host of Whiskey Business, the podcast not so much about whiskey as it is one with whiskey. Yes, we drink and talk about whiskey, but we do so much more with so many interesting people. For example, we talk to comedians like Greg Warren. You know, I don't want to brag, but let's just say I can walk into a Red Lobster and get whatever. You know, I think the pause right there is probably more important than the word. Amazing athletes like boxing champion Buster Douglas. When a fighter's down and he's looking for his mouthpiece instead of trying to get up. That's when I knew it was over. Yeah, Yeah. right? And, yes, Bigfoot chasers. Do you believe in Bigfoot? And if so, does he really eat beef jerky? (laughs) The Bigfoot thing is people have seen these, and and I've seen a lot of compelling evidence about it. It's Whiskey Business with Dino Tripodis. Join us for what we call a good conversation with a good pour. You really can't ask for much more than that, can you, people? Check us out at whiskeybusinesspod.com, a proud member of the Evergreen Podcast Network.